Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, November 23rd. S&P futures are up 22 points. That's about 63 basis points. NASDAQ futures are up 46 points. That's 40 basis points. The major European indices are up about 50 to 75 basis points. And there is strong outperformance in cyclicals. So basic resources, autos, banks, energy, and the epicenter stocks are all trading very well in Europe. And Asia was higher pretty much across the board, some mild underperformance in the Hang Seng, and Japan was closed. So you're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, you're really seeing a continuation of a lot of the same price action we've seen throughout November, where the major indices are levitating across the board with outperformance in cyclical stocks, cyclical value, and then within that, the epicenter names. Um, you know, for a lot of the same reasons as before, essentially just optimism about looking through the pandemic. Um, and coming out of it by the end of calendar Q1 next year, thanks to a lot of the progress on vaccines. So running through the key news items for this morning, the AstraZeneca Oxford vaccine candidate released its preliminary data. So this is now the third candidate for which we have seen preliminary vaccine data after Pfizer and Moderna. Um, Some of the headlines around the AstraZeneca candidate are a little confusing today. So there were a couple of various dosing regimens that were um, that data for which data was released. So there's a headline 70% efficacy figure, which averages the various different dosing regimens, which obviously is below the 90% plus that Pfizer and Moderna put out. However, one of the dosing regimens within the the various ones for the AstraZeneca candidate, which is essentially starting with a half dose and then a month later getting a full dose, that efficacy figure was above 90%. So comparable to what we've seen from Pfizer and Moderna. Um, And then there also is some other characteristics about the AstraZeneca candidate specifically whether or not the the vaccine is just preventing disease or it's also preventing the infection from from happening as well, which obviously is crucial to cutting down on asymptomatic spread. Um, and then remember the AstraZeneca candidate has uh, less demanding supply chain needs versus the mRNA-based ones that Pfizer and Moderna are uh, built off of. So, you know, again, the AstraZeneca numbers are positive, not necessarily for that stock specifically, but again, positive as far as just conquering the the virus. So, this is now, again, the third candidate um, that you have efficacy figures that are very strong. And the vaccine optimism is helping to offset the grim near-term backdrop for COVID where, you're again, you're seeing ca- cases continue to surge and you're seeing get governments um, you know, throughout Europe and the U.S. imposing various different forms of mitigation to help clamp down. Uh, on transmission, and that is, you know, that's been the big theme throughout November, and that's continuing to today. That's helping to power this this rotation into value cyclical epicenter name. So that's kind of the overarching theme, and I think the AstraZeneca data again just kind of reinforces that. Um, other news for this morning: so the flash PMIs for Europe. This is kind of the first big official look at economic data for the month of November, relatively consistent with expectations. So services saw a sharp decline which was somewhat expected just given that services are most sensitive to the COVID mitigation steps. Manufacturing held in well. Um, and I think, you know, that's, again, somewhat consistent with expectations, but it's still encouraging nonetheless to see. Um, so that's the flash PMIs for Europe. We'll get the U.S. flash PMIs this morning um, at 945 and probably will will show a similar trend, although the U.S. figure should hold up better than Europe just because Europe had been earlier in imposing its mitigation steps versus uh, the U.S., in terms of Washington, you know, there really should not be any doubt left at this point um, whether or not Biden will become president on January 20th. Um, you know, it really should not even be a discussion any longer, but I know there is still some skepticism and doubt in the market. 
Um, no point in going through all the various different Trump legal uh, claims that are being thrown out of court. But nevertheless, uh, you know, there were a few more examples out over the weekend. You are going into now the, you know, the certification process where the various states will certify the results. Um, and then you'll see the uh, nominees get made to Electoral College and Electoral College will meet later in December. Um, you know, so again, there should not be any doubt that that will take place. Whether or not there will be a formal transition process, it's unclear. You know, Trump still is president for a little less than two more months, so he will make a very, uh, you know, varieties of different policy actions, executive orders, staffing changes, etc. Um, Biden is going forward and assembling his team, so it looks like he will be making a bunch of national security announcements in the coming days, including Secretary of State, um, National Security Advisor, and then the UN ambassador. So there are a lot of names that were mentioned in the press. I have them all listed in, in the piece this morning. On the Treasury Secretary, it looks like just based on media reporting that Yellen is um, you know, shaping up to be the front runner at this point. Remember, Biden said he's already made his decision. He'll make the announcement um, in the coming weeks. So the two main candidates mentioned are Lael Brainerd um, and then Janet Yellen. And then, like I said, it looks like Janet Yellen is probably the front runner at this point. On stimulus, there was an interesting article in the New York Times that hit last night just talking about how the Biden economic team is increasingly concerned about a double dip recession. Um, and incidentally, you know, there have been a lot of um, forecasters around the street that have been marking down as, uh, growth expectations for Q1, both in Europe and the US, just because of COVID and the various different mitigation steps. Um, and I think most interestingly, and this is what the market will focus most on, um, the Biden economic team is pressure is pressing pressing congressional Democrats to strike a compromise with Republicans um, ASAP. And they are willing to accept a figure that's, you know, closer to a trillion, if not even lower, um, for the sake of being able to strike a deal very quickly. So obviously, that's a lot lower than Pelosi's ask. So we'll see if that, um, you know, we'll see if that can help to forge an agreement or not. But I think it's interesting that you're seeing the Biden team definitely kind of move closer to McConnell. Um, as far as the number is concerned, um, you know, just keep in mind that the Georgia runoffs on January 5th, it just makes the politics very difficult of striking a large, you know, trillion dollar bill. And so I still think that you're looking at after January 20th for the next fiscal package to get passed. But the odds of something happening during the lame duck on the fiscal front are, are definitely, they seem to be rising. So we'll have to see how all that plays out over the coming days. Um, on monetary policy, nothing all that incremental of the weekend, but keep in mind, the month of December should be a tailwind for the market as far as monetary policy is concerned. So you have the ECB on the 10th that will act, and then the FOMC on December 16th increasingly looks like it will be acting as well. So those are all the major themes this morning in terms of macro news. Um, for this week specifically, it is actually a relatively busy one, despite the fact that Thursday is obviously closed and then Friday is a half day in the U.S. So you have a lot of news that will kind of get jam-packed pretty much into tomorrow on Tuesday, um, including a bunch of earnings. And you have a lot of economic data. You also have the FOMC minutes um, out Wednesday afternoon. That will be, you know, I think, important just to help shed some light on that December 16th meeting. So I have previews for everything that I sent around yesterday, including all the earnings of which, again, there are a lot of earnings that, were, that are out starting tonight and then continuing into Tuesday, and then you have Deer Wednesday morning. Um, and that is everything for this morning. Just a quick housekeeping item. There will not be a podcast on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Um, and then the normal schedule will resume again on Monday. But there will be podcasts for uh, you know Tuesday and Wednesday of this week as well. Uh, and that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.